0: Who's going first?
1: (laughs) This episode of Taking It to the House was brought to you by EBH Fitness
0: Studios. It's a way of life.
1: I'm Dr. Steven Herbert III, and I'm taking it
0: to the house. And I'm Dr. Timothy Hoover, and I'm taking it to the house.
2: I'm Dr. Jania Hoover, and what I'm taking to the house today is a um, kudos to the Seattle Seahawks and the NFL. Um, there was an incident recently. I actually just saw the headline of the offensive tackle named Chad Wheeler, I think. And he had a domestic violence incident and I heard about it this morning and this afternoon I heard that um, he was no longer with that team. So, you know, on the one hand, it's like, oh, you shouldn't give kudos for doing what you're supposed to do. But there have been so many instances when it comes to the NFL and other professional leads where, especially as it relates to domestic violence and other crimes, where they've kind of just looked the other way. So hopefully, this um, represents moving positively in a new direction. They said that they're not tolerating this, and 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 he's not going to be affiliated with them anymore. And I think that's a really good thing. It sends a strong message that violence, um, especially towards women, isn't okay.
1: Great take, Jania. I love the kudos. Since we're in the business of giving out kudos, I have to give a kudos to the New York Jets earlier this year. We we're bashing them pretty hard as they're in their quest for tanking for Trevor Lawrence. Well, this year or this time, I want to give them an honor and kudos for the recent hiring for the head coach of Robert Salah, the first Muslim American hired as a head coach in the NFL. So kudos to them. I wish him the best of luck. He's done an outstanding job as a defensive coordinator for San Francisco 49ers. So it'd be great to see his energy, his passion for the New York Jets. And see if he can help get that team back on a winning record.
0: Well, the NFL didn't get a lot of props this year since we've been on air, but I'm gonna also give the NFL some props for what you're doing as a PR move, maybe, but I think it's also needed that you have honored and invited 7,500 healthcare workers to the Super Bowl, invited them. It's just a small measure of thanks, but it goes along a long way, so kudos to you NFL for doing that. I know already they should be vaccinated healthcare workers and that's what you guys have done. So you're uh, providing a a measure of safety, but it's also just to say, thank you, thank you, thank you. Some of them have not had days off or the days off have been few and far in between and they're tired and they're just tired. And I I saw some of them break down when they got the word that they were being invited. So Roger Goodell and all the business heads for the NFL, good job on your part.
2: Nice, nice. So today is January 27th, as of our recording. And yesterday, it's been one year since uh, Kobe Bryant, his daughter Gianna, and seven other passengers uh, um, perished on uh, a horrible accident. So we have our shirts, we've got our pictures, and um, do y'all want to share some memories, some thoughts, as we are all Laker fans, so it all, it hit us kind of hard and still kind of touches us Mm. in a way. Wow. Uh, Where do you begin kind of a thing? But I remember
0: this brash rookie coming out of the high school, and that's a time High school ballers, it was prevalent. The Kevin Garnett's, the Jermaine O'Neill's, and several others were coming in. And I was like, how is this guy gonna help us? I really didn't believe in the high schooler being able to be a, a difference maker for us. And at the time we had Shaquille O'Neal and we were not doing so well, but we had the name and notoriety. And here comes, here comes Kobe Bean Bryant. That first year, first couple of years were really kind of raggedy. But you could see the to me, you could see his his cockiness, but his uber confidence in a couple of air balls. And and Lakers fans, you remember those, those? Those air balls. He was willing to shoot when the game was on the line in a playoff game, and he missed. He missed those game, those shots. But you can tell that he really wanted the shot. So my first take, my first memory is him coming into our franchise and being a, a member of the family, if you will, at 18, right out of high school. And as his career went, you become to know this guy, know his moxie, know his uh, his confidence and his want to be better. And you could see a lot of Michael Jordan in him. And so it's he became part of the family, and you saw him grow up as a as a basketball player, but as a man, as a father, husband. And so being that, that's one of the greatest things that I get from him is that he was not just a Laker guy, I felt like he was actually part of my family. So to have lost him a year ago and one day, I felt that pain as though I lost a family member. And so uh, many memories between him coming onto the court and his perishing last year in the helicopter crash. And I'm sure we'll get to those well, that's one of the first things that I'd like to share with our audience today. Well, for
1: me, being in LA, when he showed up in 96, I stayed in LA until 98 when I graduated University of Southern California. So I obviously had the opportunity to see him come in at a young age. And as Unc said, uh, Shaquille was the big thing of the city. So to watch him grow into himself as a man, as a professional, as our careers, Came similarly. I mean, I graduated in '98 and started my army career. He started his uh NBA career in '96 and watching him grow, same time I'm growing as a professional. Uh, and really just seeing him come to his own. Before it was is he trying to be baby Jordan? No, he was just trying to model excellence and then how he evolved as a leader, which was really impressive. I was once upon a time the anti Kobe when it became him and Shaq, and then he split, uh, Shaq split. So I was anti-Kobe during that time. I thought he was a little too selfish. I thought that he was uh, not being humble enough and allowing this, this dynasty to take form a la Kareem and Magic. So I was, a little, uh, I was a little hurt during that time period. I actually was rooting for Shaq to get a title first before, the, before Kobe and the Lakers. But watching him recover, redefine himself over those subsequent years and really become a leader, how he can bring about uh, Paul Gasol and then really going against our arch rivals of the Celtics and really watching him lead this team, lead this franchise up until the end when he had opportunities to lead and seek being somewhere else uh, to seek a, a championship. He said, no, I'm a Laker for life and really stay true to that. But I really was more moved in his post career. And I think that's to me, the biggest takeaway. Many people regardless if they're in the military, they're in corporate America, they have, they're de- they define themselves of what they do from eight to five. And now they lead that career and now they have no identity. I love watching Kobe rebrand himself, being able to become a writer, becoming an, an author, becoming a producer, but then becoming a, a, a girl's dad, really embracing being a girl's dad and watching what he was doing for women's sports how he became a mentor to so many female athletes and really pouring into that. I love watching him rebrand himself and what he was going to do. So I know the potential was unlimited and how he's bringing a mama mentality to this post-career life and rebranding. And yes, we lost someone way too soon, um, but when is death ever the right time? So it, it it really is a gut punch last year, getting that information, as Unc stated, it felt like a genuine member of the family and it, it felt so unbelievable. So I, I trust that his his death is not in vain as we all look at how can we reach deep and find that Mamba mentality and what does it really mean to be operating in excellence? And so uh, this one year remembrance, uh, he's definitely close and near and dear as I still have a couple of plaques on my wall honoring him and what he was able
0: to do for Laker Nation you brought up Shaq and Kobe and I'm like you when they were together I thought they were an awesome team to hear in the media about their that rivalry or their friction I was like what 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 friction look at how poetic they are on the court you had the inside outside you had the slasher you had uh, a three point shooting you had dominance and dunking nobody could guard Shaq nobody could really could guard Kobe and I thought this was going to last whatever. As we know, things don't always last forever. But uh, Dr. Hoover, one other thing I just wanted to share, Vic uh, uh, was talking about that mamba mentality. When I saw the mamba mentality for the first time was when he went up for a shot fake and somebody landed on his right shoulder, his shooting arm. You know what? He didn't cut the game. He started shooting with his left hand and left arm. That was the first time I was like, who's this dude? Now he's just being really too cocky. No, he had been practicing that in practice He to shoot with his left hand. He didn't come out the game. And the other one was, I don't know if people remember him uh, tearing his Achilles heel. I've had the unfortunate uh, ability, uh, injury tear of the Achilles tendon, but he didn't come out the game immediately. He walked back to the free throw line and shot those two free throws and made them and walked back to the locker room afterwards. Those were, that was towards the end of his career. But you talk about mama mentality, you talk about excellence, it's overcoming adversity. It's overcoming pain. It's overcoming the odds that are in front of you. That is the mama mentality.
2: And yes, being better than you think you can be. So striving and achieving that excellence. We all have amazing memories. And um, especially in light of my opening burn, um, I'm gonna kind of switch a little bit because since uh, since Kobe's passing, uh, there are definitely people that have brought up the incident in in Colorado as a way to, you know, okay, he died, but he did this horrible thing, and you know, like we've said, I definitely felt a, a sense of personal loss, but also as a woman, as someone that is an advocate, I I believe, you know, I believe. I, I believe women when they when they say that they have been, you know, they've had these experiences. So how can I hold both of those together? And honestly, the way I'll say it is, I don't think that anyone is um, the sum total of all of the mistakes or the worst thing that they've ever done, right? I don't think anyone is as good as the best thing that they've ever done. I think that we're all, the, 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 the sum total of all of our experiences, all of our choices, right? So that's kind of how I'm able to to rationalize that. There are definitely people that won't agree and don't agree, but I think part of it too is because I'm a teacher and I literally have to press the reset button with teenagers every single day. Some of them make horrible decisions and I just have to, you know, let's have the lesson, let's learn from it and let's move on. and that's one thing that I, I kind of take away from that experience. That was something that was, that was horrible for everyone that was impacted, but he was able to, to move on and, and not let that, you know, define him and, and was able to do some really good things, and that doesn't take away from, you know, that decision that he made, but it also can't take away from, you, know, those good things that he did as well. We're all both. Things um, and this is this is kind of fun. So Victor, what else do you have? Any other Kobe memories to share? Because I can go on.
1: <laughs> I, I it, it's probably more of a off the field or off the court memory. Uh, recently, I was reminded of the commercial he made with Jalen Rose, and it had me dying laughing about the 81 points. And you know, if anyone has the opportunity, go go on Twitter, go Google. The Jalen Rose Kobe Bryant uh, 81 point commercial. And so in this scene, <laughs> he's, he, you know, Kobe's sitting there and, he, and he's at a diner by himself, he's at a restaurant. And Jalen Rose comes and he sees Kobe Bryant sitting down by himself and he says to himself, Oh goodness, please don't recognize me type thing. And so he walks by and has the obligatory, Oh, hi, Kobe, how you doing? And Kobe's like, Hey, how are you doing? And they have this small talk. And so the waiter comes by and asks Kobe, "How many? what do you want to drink? He says, a martini or something like that. He said, well, how many olives? And Kobe says, 81, to symbolize how many points he scored on Jalen Rose a few years ago. And it's not only the fact that he says 81, he says 81 while looking at Jalen Rose with that uncomfortable size of like five seconds. <laughs> and they both staring at each other. <laughs> and he's just like so uncomfortable. And Jalen's like, Really? He's like, I'll explain play what you guys want to. So just the part <laughs> where he came into himself, he's very really funny guy. He can be very serious and intimidating on a court. But when he had opportunity to act, I, I'm really fun. I'm a really strong advocate and fan of Jim Rome. He would come on the show normally right after they won a championship and very engaging, very funny, very well rounded. So to see him as a basketball player by day, but a renaissance man by night, very educated, spoke multiple languages, that was fascinating because, again, he did not allow basketball to define who he is. That's what he did. That's not who he was as a person. So that was one of the funniest
0: things I've seen within the last couple days. I would like to share a couple of basketball moments. Sixth game of their first championship run, uh, the Lakers are playing Indiana. Indianapolis, Indiana, uh, the Pacers. Anyway, uh, Shaquille O'Neal fouls out. Kobe Bryant's got a bad ankle. Kobe goes into the game, and he told he. And later on, you hear that he told Shaq the Diesel. He said, "No, I, I got you. I got this," and he did. He got them, and he they, he put the Lakers on his back. This is about third, fourth year in the league now, and he uh, really with our dominant center being now sidelined due to foul trouble. Kobe brought it on home for us. And he wasn't a one-man band. There were were a lot of people who said, yeah, he would fill it up and he was selfish. Uh, If you think about Michael being selfish, I think Kobe said it best, I'm a shooting guard. (laughs) I shoot. (laughs) But he later on, as you saw him transition, he had to lead by example, he would pass the ball. He would set others up. He would be a playmaker, but no, when it was time to shoot, he would shoot the ball. And the last, memorable moment is his last game. Kobe's now 20 years into the league. His last game, he puts up 60 points and he's moving around. He's not cat quick anymore. He's just an older cat, but he's still getting around on the court and and scored 60 points. Yeah, 60 points in his last game. Two memorable moments. And there are so, so, so many, but he brought me five championships. He took and handled our arch rivals, the Boston Celtics. And our producer here, Steve, he probably doesn't want to hear that too much, but that's okay, Steve. But he handled the business against the Boston Celtics. And and, and that last game against the Celtics, that last series against the Celtics, he actually had a poor game. Ron Artest actually won the game, uh, uh, was significant in his role in helping us win that game. Kobe said he was just too amped up. He was just too pumped. He went, he had a terrible shooting percentage, but he still got multiple rebounds, was still doing the assists, and later on, of course, he's later in his career, but he was still doing the other things, even though he couldn't score at his high clip like he normally does. He was still get, get involved, and he knew he was getting double teams that he could pass and get somebody else the assist. But love me some Kobe. I hate that he's gone. I hate it. I st- I'm still not used to it, but you'll forever be in my heart and in my memories. Greatest
2: Laker ever. Okay. Okay, okay. Um, I, I, like I said, I have plenty, but um, my last one before we before we move on and talk about the NFL, my last time seeing Kobe play live was actually with my uncle that is uh, right here hosting this show with me. And I knew that I wanted to go and, and be able to see him. I was in LA at Loyola Marymount University during the three-peat. So I had that experience. When I lived in Atlanta, I would go every time they played the Lakers. And then I went a couple of times in in Dallas. But the last season, I said, I definitely want to see him play. I was out of town when the Lakers came to Dallas. And so I got tickets when they were playing OKC. I'm on my way to OKC, and I get the uh, notification that he's not playing that day. So I still went because I was almost halfway there. And the Lakers end up getting beat by like 50. It was ridiculous. But, um, you know, I got to hang out with my friend Johnny. So that was cool. But, um, I was sad that I didn't get to see that game. And my aunt called me a few weeks later and he asked me if I wanted to go to the game when the Lakers were coming to San Antonio to play the Spurs. So it was a no brainer. I went, it was an amazing experience and um, I just echo all of those sentiments. You know, it's a celebrity, but you know, when you build these attachments, it's not even my dad—that's the biggest Laker fan in the family. It's my grandma, your mom. So um, just having these, <laughs> having these experiences, having these conversations, it is—you know—like an extended family member. And um, you know, we can we can definitely revisit this at another time. We do know. Who was going to be in the Super Bowl? We had the AFC Championship game and the NFC Championship game. So since we've got a couple weeks, we can we can get into the preview of uh, of the game next week. But I do want to take a few minutes and and see what y'all think about you know and how you felt about these games this weekend. I I, I picked the Bills, y'all know, so I was wrong. I I, I took that L. Um, but I was a little surprised by how the, the Packers and the Bucks game played out. Great game. Okay. Um, I was very
1: surprised. But I guess I can't say I'm too surprised. If we remember what the Bucks did to the Packers early in the year, they, they busted their head wide over to the white meat. So I'm not surprised that they actually won. I'm surprised at how the game played out. It looked like toward the end, Tom Brady didn't know if his team wore green and and yellow or the Buccaneers color, white and purple color, whatever they are, because he started throwing picks. Like it was like he was Oprah. You get a pick, you get a pick and you get a pick. So I was like, yo, Tom, what you doing? So I really, I did call the Green Bay Packers to go to the championship game. So to see the ending, definitely. I I didn't see Aaron Rodgers going out like that. So uh, very defensive uh, uh, defensively impactful game as those interceptions started coming along, uh, but I definitely was surprised in how it, how it how the, how the game uh, unfolded, particularly the decisions at the end for the head coach of the Packers. You have the quintessential MVP. This is it. Aaron Rodgers has the ball within the ten yard line. And you should have four chances to get there. You do not give Tom Brady, whether he's Tom Brady with the Patriots or Tom Brady with the Buccaneers, the ball back. You have a Hall of Fame quarterback. You, you hey, Aaron, you're going to get four chances to get this get this touchdown. Four chances. We're going. We're ride or die with you. So I really question that part of the game because I'm sure Aaron will replay that over and over for the next 40 years of his life. So surprise how the game unfolded as, as far as decisions. But I did call uh, – I, I, it's going to be an exciting story just to watch Tom Brady in his next phase. I'm like you, the Green
0: Bay game and the uh, Tampa Bay game. Does it come down one play? Well, maybe, but it usually doesn't. After 60 minutes, it, it's just usually the totality of the game. But that one play you're talking about, the Green Bay is down by eight points and they're within the 10, and they took the ball out of the more, – more than likely the MVP of the league and kicked the field goal. But you still needed a touchdown. You still needed a touchdown. So why not go for it on, on fourth down? And so I was a little bothered by that. But I noticed one thing, and maybe the coach saw it too. Later in the second half, the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were really hitting uh, Aaron Rodgers. And so Aaron Rodgers, didn't. he wasn't that normal, confident self. He was shook, in my opinion. And so that game should not have come down to that play. Tampa Bay surprised me. I picked Green Bay to win. But it came down to the best team, the better team won, and the better team executed. As far as the Kansas City, Kansas City, and the uh, Bills, I thought it was cat and mouse. Kansas City was just superior, and so can't wait for the Super Bowl. And we'll talk about more about those matchups or that matchup next week.
2: Yeah, um, I, I I picked the Bills, and I think that they're, I think they're over. Uh, they're almost there. But when I saw after the game that Cole Beasley was playing on a broken leg, I was shocked. Um, you know, and I guess it just goes to show, like, how much this commitment, how deeply this commitment lies in, you know, people that have these drives to, to compete no matter what. Because, I mean, he didn't look great. Their offense didn't look amazing. But I never would have thought that people would play a, a, a football game on a broken bone. In their leg, so that was um, that was amazing. But um, yeah, the, the the games were good. Uh, the the Chiefs, man, they just have so much. And Unc, you said it, you know, they have so many weapons, and they really do. But honestly, I think it just comes down to to that quarterback because I don't think that he was a hundred percent. You know, I don't think that you go through concussion protocol. And five days later, oh, no, he's all good. So this is him, not 100%. His brain isn't all there. And he was still able to, to make a way out of no way. So it was very entertainment, very entertaining. Both games were, you know, of course, y'all know I'm a Falcons fan. So I was not at all in favor of or in support of the Buccaneers winning. But that defense, they they made the plays. Um, you know, they made the plays that they needed to to get all in the stuff of of those Packers. So um, it is gentlemen that time. So um, you know, thank you to everyone that has taken this journey with us. Thank you for going down memory lane with us, with all three of us being Laker fans. And just stay safe and you know, make good choices, like I tell my students. Thank you, see you next week.
0: Hank Aaron, we're going to miss you. May you rest in heaven, Hank Aaron. One of the very first heroes of mine in baseball, and we lost him this past week. And he was more than just a baseball player, he was a, a, an, an advocate for racial equality. Uh, that home run that you hit to beat Babe Ruth was, was so significant. A black man beating a white man in his game. Thank you, Hank Aaron, for the memories. May the Aaron family and the Major League Baseball family, may you We just offer our condolences and our prayers, and we love you. Hank Aaron, you will be missed. Uh, great
1: point. Uh, uh, Hank Aaron was a great ambassador for the sport, great ambassador as a black man in the sport. Uh, I, read, I watched a special last week on his historic accomplishment breaking Babe Ruth's record and the adversity he had to face being in the South while he did that and the number, the number of death threats he received. So uh, it's definitely a big loss to us. Uh, We talked about earlier in the season, the challenge with the number of uh, black players, American black players in the league and how it's declined over the years and knowing the the people like the Willie Mays, the, uh, Hank Aarons and their, how they were such an ambassador for it. And so really pay homage to him uh, during this time. Uh, my, my, my final burn is you guys got to watch the Lakers this weekend. Um, we're looking pretty good. Four losses. Looking pretty strong. Uh, guess what, Steve? Yes, the producer, Steve, and my homeboy, CJ. Hey, Lakers versus Celtics this weekend. Tune in on Saturday. That's right. We already talked about it before the season ended last year. We got this. So bring your best, because we're going to bring our best. Have your boys stay at home. No COVID violations, because I don't need any excuses. We only play twice a year. So i would be excited to watch this game this weekend. And we will see, and we will gloat next week. Same time, same place. Love you all. And please check us out on social media, Twitter, Facebook. Love to hear from you all. Have a good weekend. we clear. <laughs> I'm, I'm on mute. I know <laughs> he is.
0: <laughs> Steve got called out twice. <laughs> the hate he is
1: real.
0: Want- <laughs> oh, man. This, this might become one of we the lost home. episodes. the <laughs> lost. Kobe, Kobe <laughs> alone, just talking about Kobe because I don't get a chance to talk Kobe with anybody. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's a,
1: it's, a, it's still, it is surreal. Um, like I said, not like we walk down the street, see him. Hey, Kobe, what's going on? I mean, you know, we're we're all fans, but. Just uh, just the way he was taken, you know, the way he's taken away, and that—that's probably the shocking part. You know, you expect to grow old as we all grow. You look at people like Bill Russell; you aged with him. You watch him when he transitions. Okay, we watch Jordan play, we watch him transition. People get old. You see them come back for the All Star games, and you sit there like, "Oh man, look at them!" So we're kind of robbed from that experience of watching them him age. And it's just, it's, 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 it's very hard to accept that. Agree.
2: But then it's like when I when I think about him and just how he was always on a thousand, you know, like he's studying plays, he took the helicopter to go to practice so he could use the time to do this or that. Like, not saying that he knew that his time was limited, but he played like it was. He lived like it was, you know, and I think there's a lesson in that for, for a lot of us, you know, just you don't know when that time is. So do your best, learn all that you can, and then just apply that, you know, be the best parent you can be, be the best, you know, at, at whatever your day job is, whatever your retirement job is. Like when when they said, I can't remember who told the story, but it might've been Rob Palinka, but about him learning that was it, Mozart or Bach. He was the he piano. was at a game, yeah, and, and just learned it, you know, and taught it to himself over, you know, over the course of however many days that he was on the road, so that he could play it for Vanessa, you know, and just, mm. yeah, crazy, yeah,
0: genius, genius taken away at a at an early age. That's all I can describe. It's just genius because we don't know, but man, you get an Academy Award two years removed from your primary focus was basketball, but now you get an Academy Award honoring that which got you this greatness or this notoriety or this, uh, uh, oh, I'm just untapped on his potential or what else he could have done or brought to us or taught us on, oh, it's just amazing. It's just amazing. I still haven't saw his memorial. I still have not seen it. And and mm-hmm. I, I, I probably won't. I probably mm-hmm. won't.
1: Hey did you ever watch their basketball? Did you ever watch his actual that yeah he won the Academy Award? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I haven't watched the memorial I, in totality. I watched certain people. I watched Jordan. I watched Shaq. Uh you know, uh Even then, you know, it's like, dang, this thing is real. So I watched a couple of, I didn't watch it in its entirety.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Stephen A. yesterday almost broke down. Mm, I was was just saying, Stephen A. almost broke down yesterday talking about the anniversary of, and how uh, Mm. he and Kobe, how close they were in his years after basketball. And he saw how Kobe was happy. Because to Jania's point, how, he was good at what he was with time and time management, but where where he wasn't good or inefficient, he wanted to get better at it. So he kept trying to be better and good. But Stephen A. saw him smiling and happy, happy that it, he ascended to the top level of his of his sport, which is basketball. But yet there is more in life as dad and 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 white uh, husband, excuse me, and and whatever God was going to present him, he was going to be. It just appeared as though he was going to be good or great at that as well. So, oh, uh, 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 you just don't know what else he was going to give us.
2: Well, and then you think about, you know, yes, think about his his actual potential, what he would have done. But then also, you know, your legacy is who you've touched, who you've influenced. So that yeah. that remains to yeah. be seen. You know, everyone that that was touched by him, everyone that was motivated by him. Um, whether it's in terms of leadership, in terms of business, or taking the Mamba mentality to whatever they're they're doing in their life, so oh, I feel like an episode from Oprah. <laughs> you go ahead and cut that real quick, Steve, because she caught me looking to the left.
1: I see I got Miss Foden's chair back here. I need to get out the picture. All right, I'm ready. I, I thought she could go to Unc first, so I had I was gonna have time off camera to go run over there and get it. <laughs> Great take Jania. Uh, since we're in the business of kudos, we have not gave many kudos to New York Jets this year. I know they were tanking for uh, Trevor Lawrence earlier, but I want to give them a kudos for hiring the first Muslim American uh, in uh, the for a head coaching position. Uh, the the man from I'm oh, sorry, I'm sorry. So it's Saleh. I believe his name is Sayla. Is it Saleh